You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Tuesday, so it's time for It's My Money, brought to you by Brenthurst Wealth, which has been voted South Africa's top boutique wealth manager in both 2017 and 2020. With me is Andre Basson. And Andre, I really like this theme that you've sent me because I can tell you what people like to listen to. I mean, they like to listen to all, you know, all the economic stuff and uh, analysis and so forth, but people like stories and they like tips. And you're giving us tips today. You say 10 steady stock picks for 2022 and beyond so we may as well do it in order maybe start off with 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 food and tell us about your three picks there please yeah thanks uh, Lindsay. so i thought let's pick a couple of themes and then uh build a stock pick for 2022 and beyond so um the world is kind of like crazy so i thought let's pick a theme that you uh, that people can resonate with and then build a, a company in there so the first one is food obviously we need to eat um, so a lot of the stock picks you'll see uh, have this like old school established business and then a more a new, newer, innovative one. So the first one I would pick is uh, Nestle. You've, you think babies are, I mean, that season where we have small kids. So babies need food and Nestle has a lot of other stuff and chocolates, et cetera, et cetera. But it's a global established business. You, you can expect to have a really decent uh, dividend every year and capital growth over the long term not shooting out the lights but it's steady eddy and then the other one uh, just like before you go on just, be, just before you go on with the um with the with the babies needing food thing and that's obvious but lindsay williams also needs kit kats so thank you very much uh, yeah. uh nestle uh okay procter and gamble is your next one Oh, sorry, HelloFresh is your yep. next one. Now, just before you go on, yep, okay. again, one of my stories, I, I tried HelloFresh. It's in the Netherlands, and it's very good. It's a very good service. It's beautifully packaged. Just a little bit on the pricey side for me, but I, I think you're willing mm. to pay that price if you get good quality and uh, and swift delivery. Yeah, so the basic, uh, why HelloFresh makes sense to me is that people are busy, but they want to eat healthy. But you don't have three hours to think what is the recipe I need and what is the food I need to source. Uh, buy the correct kind of food or ingredients. So HelloFresh just package everything for you. They deliver it to your to your doorstep and say, here's what the, the ingredients was already there and here's a healthy recipe and you can cook it and have a great time with your family. But they do most of their business in, in the US. Uh, so it's, there's a strong consumer market there, obviously from, from the Netherlands, but it's uh, very up and coming and very, very much in the, the middle class, growing middle class areas, they, they will do uh, well. But people, they don't have a lot of time and they don't want to go shop by themselves. So it, it's quite a good story. I think so too. Procter & Gamble, um, not, not so much food. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it's more diversified than the other ones. Uh, tell us your case for Procter & Gamble, please. Procter & Gamble is very, very big. And it, it's one of those steady eddy consumer staples uh, stock. Not not very exciting like HelloFresh, but a bit more boring. But if you think about food and, and diversified um, things that people need on in their kitchen, um, it's quite a, a good space to be, especially if you think inflation and um, the world is – we'll get to that topic now, but it's also a bit of an anchor in your portfolio if, if you want to see it that way. Very good. Clothes now. Uh, we have to eat and we have to clothe ourselves. And you've t- um, taken uh, f- footwear companies, Nike and Adidas, although uh, both of them have, have branched out since their original offerings. Why do you like those two? Yeah, I think that Nike and Adidas is the 
I'm a bit, a bit more of a personal pick here because I'm a I'm an athlete. I like uh, trail running, so wow. um, I just see a lot of people with a lockdown. They want to go to the gym or they want to exercise, and and Nike and Adidas actually, they they will be other clothes companies that's also doing good. But these are the two biggest ones. They've got the most marketing pricing power, uh, the biggest budgets. They can attract the best athletes to the to the sponsoring, and Nike has got a great business model where they. They take an idea and they outsource it all over the world and they've got online capacity like really good. So they can deliver digital or online. People buy a lot online these days, even clothes. So that's just um, good, good, great companies. And you, you could have bought them at, at decent prices this year. Okay, number three of the 10, uh, computers, you say, cloud gaming and software, and it's one company and it stands out a mile and it's called Microsoft. I've just downloaded Windows 11. Uh, it's, it's, it's just consistently a, a good company, isn't it? I mean, it, and it keeps on reinventing itself. Yeah, so Microsoft is a similar, we don't want to go the, the NASPAS route in China, etc. but a great company like NASPAS uh, has reinvented themselves over the year and similar, Microsoft is even a, a better example if you think, um, like cloud wasn't the biggest or uh, very big portion of the of their business, and they reinvented themselves from the old Windows uh, kind of like company software to they've got a big uh, cloud uh, offering to clients now. If you drill down to see how they make money, and they've got very a lot of investment in in gaming. So you've got this uh, very steady, eddy quality company. You got a, a even a, a bit of a dividend every year. But my feeling is that if I pick that Fang and stocks. If I look at them, the first one I'll pick is Microsoft because you have a bit of turbulent, steady uh, stapling mark, uh, the uh, liquidity into the market a bit, and interest rates might rise, and then the tech stocks might get a bit of a headwind. Um, and most of them are quite expensive, but Microsoft would be the first one I'll pick because it's so embedded in the global um, system. Uh, everybody needs it, so yeah, I'll I'll pick that with a uh, with a blind blind eye. Very good. Um, now, payments, card and digital, Visa and PayPal. First point I would make is that Visa got a bit of a shock from Amazon because Amazon is no longer using, from I think January the 19th mm. of next year, is no longer going to be able to, you're no longer be able to order your book on with, with your Visa card. So I may, having been with Visa um, since 1982, mm. for example, um, I will have to switch for certain things now uh, to PayPal. So, yeah, but still Visa's massive. Yeah, so the two I picked was Visa and PayPal. Uh, the reason for that was, okay, it's a bit of a toss-up between Visa and MasterCard, but the point I want to make is uh, people need to pay for stuff and no longer do you carry cash in the back pocket and you pay for it um, for a long while. But Visa is actually more the old-school company here uh, that has a great network effect over the years, but uh, you will still pay with a card in some way or another. The interesting thing is, the more you have new technologies, they still make use of, of Visa infrastructure. So if there's some people, I think, digital wallet, crypto, PayPal, kind of, a lot of them will still make use of Visa uh, with the, the infrastructure that they've built. Um, so now you've, you've also have, for instance, India. In Most people in India still use cash and they need to switch to card or they need to leapfrog and use other um leapfrog the card and use other payment mechanisms. But the point is people need to pay for stuff. If COVID comes or goes or there's a new pandemic or if China and the U.S. makes war, like Cold War kind of scenario, 
Um, there's a lot of unknowns out there, but people will st still need to pay for stuff. But I like to, to marry the two, uh, Visa and PayPal, because in PayPal you get the digital, digital payments, but more of an exciting story. So once again, the old school and the new uh, technology you know, goes well together. But with those two, you, you kind of like uh, uh, get a good good exposure to the payments industry. Yes, you get uh, good coverage across the board there. What about change in payment methods? You've lost me here. Is it Adyen and Stripe? I've never heard of them, but that's me. So these are the quite off-the-chart kind of companies. So now you think there's a lot of these old legacy platforms. They need to uh, You need to pay for stuff. Uh, but now all of a sudden you uh, there's people want to pay with crypto like for instance there was NFL uh, players they need they're starting to get their salaries in, in crypto in bitcoin oh dear. so w whether it's right or wrong whether you agreed with or not it's here and we need to to deal with new technologies now you've got an online system like let's say um, bookings.com that has different clients all over the world and they want to pay on the platform, but some of them is starting to use cash and some of them uh, use different methods. Uh, some use uh, Visa, other ones, there's different methods to use. Now in the back end, this is quite difficult to manage. So there's new companies, they, they, um, they book companies like Bookings and Uber uh, Rides, they, they use these companies to integrate that old way payments get to them uh, from former clients to them in different ways. So two of these are Stripe um, uh, and Adyen. Adyen is, is a, also from the Netherlands and Stripe is, is two guys from uh, Ireland that basically drop out of high school to go to, <laughs> to study at, I think it uh, is MIT in, in the States, but basically very, very smart guys and they basically um, show the whole world that stuff can be done uh, even um, with new companies that they can like go past the monop monopolistic kind of companies, the bigger ones, and they are basically uh, enabling established businesses to work with new technologies. That's a very short way to put it. Um, but yeah, you get great new technologies here yeah, with those two. So it's a bit off the chart, but I, I won't put like more than 10% of my portfolio in them combined. So it's a bit of a, a gamble, but you get great innovative uh, ideas there. Very good. And they'll obviously change their uh, makeup as well. And uh, yeah, as, as they evolve, talking about makeup, uh, L'Oreal and Estee Lauder, number six. Yeah, so um, yeah, you've, you, you're back to the Steady Eddie theme. Uh, I've never seen a woman <laughs> that go on a Zoom call without makeup. You know, people... <laughs> Girls will put on makeup. Not just women. Let me tell you, Andre. Not just women. I do a Zoom call yeah, yeah. Uh, once a week, and I've got my uh, my men's makeup on there. You know, you've got to look your best. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm stepping on toes here, but okay. Basically, you um, you get you don't get make only makeup. You get uh, um, face uh, face care of of, of your face, um, uh, like lotions and cream, etc. And you also get um, perfume. The the that industry so you get three different angles and if you buy l'oreal and estee lauder you get the us and you get uh, asia as two dominant markets so you cover a big space there and it's a very steady industry uh, people will still uh, use cosmetics and, and makeup for for a very long time very good semiconductors now and we've mentioned two dutch companies so far hello hello um hello fresh and the other one was um 
what was it? What was the, what was the second? Adian. That's oh. it, Adian. Uh, have we got another one yeah. here? ASML. I haven't met anybody that doesn't like ASML because of the barriers to entry, its dominant position in the industry. Yeah. But you also picked TSMC and NVIDIA. Maybe focus on ASML if you would. Yeah, ASML, I picked that uh, a previous time a um, long while ago when we also had a similar chat like this. But barriers to entry, it's um, very, very high. It, they basically produce, to a very simple way to say this, they produce stuff that all the semiconductor companies must have. And um, nobody else can, as a kind of technology, uh, to take them out of the market. So you've got a very, uh, very, very long pipeline and which you can see this is the money coming into the company and you've got big barriers to entry and my point is semiconductors are here to stay it will only um there's a big short, uh, global supply and the, they need to be more production facilities built which is happening especially in texas but the point is um the more we get smarter devices smarter cars smarter computers and 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 phones etc they they need more semiconductor chips uh, inside them and um so you've got a very long runway still for for asml and then tsmc in the video is just um if you want to buy specific companies uh tsmc is taiwan semiconductor they're quite one of the biggest and, and but their price is not that high compared to some of the others like nvidia but the um yeah asml you, you don't buy the company, you buy something that all the semiconductor companies need. Yeah, so that's exactly. quite exciting. Yeah, one. that's a great company, as I said. Okay, the digital world, as you describe, advertising, shopping, etc. Facebook, Amazon, uh, Shopify, and Spotify. Which of those ones would, which yeah, so, do you use the most, for example? Um, I use Facebook the most uh, because I go a lot on uh, YouTube and I use WhatsApp and WhatsApp, for instance, I haven't been monetized by Facebook. So there's a lot of, you know, other stuff that, that um, I don't like. I don't like terrorists using Facebook for uh, spreading violence, etc. But the, the, the point is, it's still a big and a good business to invest in. And the price have been a bit under pressure this year. But Spotify and Shopify is more... Uh, the the young guns will appreciate that even more. Even, you know, we we just stream music uh, online. We don't buy CDs anymore. Um, if you want to shop, most of us shop shop online. So the point I wanted to make here was everything is not everything. A lot of things is is going digital. You streaming online. You are buying online. And for that, you you need to have a portfolio that's positioned for that space. Whether it's Amazon, Facebook, Spotify, Shopify. I'm just Putting out a couple of names there, yes. but you need to get exposure to that to that industry. Okay, and you need exposure to this one as well. People talk about the fourth industrial revolution. Uh, so you're going to talk to now about companies within the innovation and new technology space. And you've given me names that I haven't heard, but you specifically focusing on cybersecurity, robotics, and crypto enablers. So where you go? Yeah. So if you look at these companies that that, that you don't buy the crypto, but they, they give you the infrastructure to use it, uh, and you're still going to make a lot of money in there. Um, you've got cybersecurity. As, as, as people work from home more and more, um, you need more security. And as we go online more and more, there's been much more hacking in the U.S. globally. And so the cybersecurity space is becoming more important. Um, you've got robotics that will only increase. You've got clean energy. My point is here is that 
the world is changing quite fast and this these areas will also change but i don't there's not a microsoft in there there's not a established big player that will continue to grow that i can like say with a 50% probability this is a winner i will buy etf in this space so mm. you you buy etf with 300 companies and let's say five of them might be the next amazon so you can uh, people that's interested in this can google it a bit but uh, gins global is a company that that uh, has some nice etfs in this space and also kensho um k e n s h o yes so the one we like is gins global tech mega trend and they focus on like four or five big big areas and then use a bio etf with 300 possible winners in in the Yes, and as you say, if, if if one of the 300 or five of the 300 do really well and the other a couple of others fall by the wayside, it doesn't matter because the ones that do take off will compensate for the ones that uh, fall away. Okay, final one. Number 10 of your tips for 2022 and beyond, Andre, hedge against rising costs, inflation, of course. And, well, you've picked, uh, you've picked an old favourite of many of the uh, listeners, uh, Berkshire Hathaway. Why? Yeah, it's so almost Warren Buffett. I just like him. I like to uh, read his annual newsletters, to be honest. Uh, I just like the way they do stuff and the fact that he and Charlie Munger <laughs> might get 100 years old and still do business. That's quite appealing to me. But yes. the, 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 the reason why I picked them was if you look at the, what's on their balance sheet, they've got a massive amount of cash. They've got a massive amount of land. People don't know this, but... They're the, big, the company that owns the most physical land in the U.S. Uh, they surpassed AT&T a while ago. So if you look at that and their big insurance business, they've got a lot of businesses in there that's quite sticky, that's robust, um, and that will help you in a time of uncertainty. I don't think Berkshire Hathaway will be the biggest grower the next 10 years. But if you want something that will provide you a bit of safety and an and age against inflation, this might not be a bad pick. You know, it's trading on, a, I think, a price to book of 1.6. So it's really, it's good valuation. And, and if you think about the US market, is expensive. It's not a bad place to be. If you don't want to buy Berkshire, you might look at a, a, a S&P value ETF if you want to have a bit of a value play. So I'm also, all I'm saying is that we had a lot of good quality companies. We had some growth companies. So just work in a value, a value company or value kind of uh, industry in there that that will help you if global inflation persists, which we actually see. I think inflation is a bit deeper than we originally thought. Yeah, so that's a good good one. Very good. Really good stuff, Andre. Thank you very much. You've um, filled our Christmas stockings with uh, with compelling goodies and hopefully it won't just be for Christmas. It'll go on and on because a lot of these companies have been around for a long time and others may be around for a long time, the new ones. So thank you very much, Andre. Have a great Christmas and New Year. That's Andre Besson from Brenthurst Wealth and that was It's My Money. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.